It's time to get to know Purdue, the Boilmakers, Tennessee's opponent in the Music City Bowl. We'll go over Purdue. We'll answer your Twitter Tuesday questions. And another commit for the University of Tennessee will tell you who and what he does well. All that here on a Tuesday, Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Locked On Vols. Today's episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are right around the corner, and finding that perfect gift, it's it's tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift, guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter college into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. And like I said last week, guys, we are in a contest with every other Locked On College Podcasts. We want to win, all right? So it's omahasteaks.com, enter college in the search bar. That'll give this podcast credit. And I'm telling you, I promise you, I'm ordering like three of these because I'm lazy when it comes to gift shopping. I'm going to get it for my dad, for my girlfriend's father, uh, for you know some friends and family. I'm going to use it. You should too. I'll give you more information in the first live read spot after segment one. It's omahasteaks.com. Dot com. Guys, I'm Eric Kane, your host of Locked On Vols at underscore Kaner at Locked On Vols. We'll get into some Twitter Tuesday content in segment number two. Of course, I'm a radio personality here in Knoxville, Tennessee at 991 The Sports Animal. Also a writer covering Tennessee football and recruiting for VolQuest. That's the rival site uh, here in town. Want to go ahead and start off here at the top of the show and issue an error that I made yesterday. Big time error, right? So for some reason, I have no clue what was going on. I had the Purdue schedule right in front of me. I was looking right at it, this computer screen while recording this podcast. And so many of you guys reached out to me to let me know of my error. And I do appreciate that because if you guys didn't, I would have never known the error of my ways. If you, I went back and listened. And for some reason, I said Purdue lost to Michigan State. No, Purdue very much beat Michigan State 40 to 29. And it was a win over Michigan State the week after, I believe, that Michigan State came back and defeated Michigan. Not only that, of course, I mentioned that Michigan State, or I mentioned that Purdue took down Iowa a 24-7, and that was a week after, I believe, Iowa took down Penn State. So, yes, Purdue did get blown out in retrospect by, by Notre Dame, by Ohio State, by Wisconsin, but it did knock, knock away two top five teams in the country this past year in Michigan State and Iowa, number two and number three at the time. So kind of like at the end of um, of a PTI when you had, when you had that segment uh, errors and they, they talk about what you got wrong on the day, that's what should have happened yesterday. I know that we all make errors now and then, but that was a big one. So I have no clue. A lot of you guys were tweeting at me, and I thank you. Uh, one in particular, I forgot who it was, and I was just like, I no clue. I just don't smoke crack, right? I must have been high. I, I just kidding. I wasn't, but uh, obviously that was a big uh, mess up. So Purdue again, eight and four, six and three, uh, finished fourth because of tiebreakers in the Big Ten West. But two really, really impressive wins on the season against number three Michigan State at the time, and of course against number two Iowa. So here in segment one, I want to kind of go over who Purdue is. It's Tennessee's opponent in the Music City Bowl. Before we get into Twitter Tuesday, I did it a little bit yesterday. Um, but let's dive into it a little bit more because I, I do this research and I write a piece every Monday or Tuesday of game week. I know this isn't game week, but uh, kind of following a, the, the similar script of what I've done all season long for VolQuest. And it's really just diving into the numbers, the nitty gritty of who the next opponent is. So for Purdue, obviously a couple of big wins on the season, a couple of lopsided losses, but it's a team that is really, really solid. Jeff Brom is a great offensive coach. 
I mean, I think he's one of the you know better offensive play callers, one of the better offensive minds you know college football's had really in the last 10 years. I put him probably in the top five to six in terms of that category, and I think Josh Heupel's in that category as well. Uh, but it's an offense that scores almost 28 points a game, 27.5. Uh, it's a defense that surrenders just 20.5 points per game. It racks up 424 offense or uh, yards of total offense. It surrenders only 342. Uh, it throws for 340 yards on offense. It gives up only 195 yards through the air the other way. Uh, rushing, it doesn't run the ball awfully uh, effectively at least, just uh, averaging 84 yards on the ground per game. The rush defense giving up 147 yards per game. It averages 23 first downs a game, gives up 17 first downs the other way. It is 44% on third downs offensively. It's uh, got a 37% uh, conversion rate on third downs defensively. Uh, it scores 84% of the time in the red zone, but here's something that is noteworthy. Uh, Purdue scores red zone touchdowns at just a 49% clip, 25 of 51 on the season. That is not a good percentage. Defensively, uh, it's uh, opponents are scoring 74% of the time in the red zone and kind of almost the same rate. They're scoring touchdowns on 51% of the time, 20 of 39. Uh, the offense possesses the football for almost 32 minutes a game, 31-38. Defensively, opponents are averaging about 27-54 of time of possessions. Offensively, 16 turnovers on the season. It has lost seven fumbles. It has thrown nine interceptions. It has given up 27 sacks. So it has uh, had an issue uh, protecting the quarterbacks at times. Defensively, it has taken the football away 16 times. So 16 takeaways. It has sacked opposing quarterbacks 24 times, and it has registered 72 TFLs. I'll need to look that up in terms of the nation leaders. I know Tennessee's in the uh, the high 70s. I want to say 70, 79 is what Tennessee finished the regular season with. I put it in uh, uh, my end of the season kind of stat column I wrote last week. I'll need to go back and look, but it was the second most TFLs in single season history for Tennessee with a chance to uh, become the all-time single season record holder for TFLs, this team, uh, if it has a good showing. I believe if it needs to get six TFLs in the bowl game. So uh, Purdue is another good team that gets back into the backfield and controls the line of scrimmage defensively and, and has a lot of tackles for loss. But uh, you look at the personnel groupings and kind of who does what for Purdue. Uh, Jack Plummer started the first four games of the season at quarterback, the, the junior, and uh, he's thrown for 68% on the season, 864 passing yards, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, but after four games, uh, Purdue went to Aiden O'Connell, the fifth-year senior at quarterback, and he's played in all, every game but one, but he started every game since, I guess, week five. And his stat line is really impressive. He's completing 73% of his passes. He's thrown for over 3,100 yards. He's got 23 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Aiden O'Connell is a really, really nice piece. He's a big reason for the success offensively uh, for Purdue so far this season. I saw a report earlier on Monday where Aiden O'Connell is unsure about what he's going to do next year, if he'll take advantage of the COVID year, if he's going to go and try to do the NFL not really sure about his status for the bowl game. That's the same for David Bell, the wide receiver. I'll get to him in a moment, but a really nice wide receiver. And for the defensive end, uh, George Carlifitz. And both of those guys are declaring for the NFL draft, but unsure on if they will attempt to play in the bowl game. So we'll have to keep tabs on that. But back to the offense and the players. It's Aiden O'Connell, who has been really, really sharp 
offensively at quarterback. Running back, it's a team that doesn't like to run the football an awful lot. You got King uh, Doer, who has 468 yards on the ground, a pair of touchdowns. You got Xander Horfath, who has 262 yards and three touchdowns. He is the bigger back, the change of pace back, six foot three, 230. And then you have Dylan Downing, who has 178 yards and a touchdown on the season. Only seven rushing touchdowns all season long for Purdue. So, again, it's a team that doesn't like to run the football an awful lot. You get the David Bell. He's a leading receiver. He is fantastic. He was an all-conference receiver a year ago. He's an all-conference receiver this year. 93 receptions on the season. 1,200 yards. Six touchdowns. He's averaging 116 yards a game. Uh, you got a Milton Wright, who's got 57 receptions and seven touchdowns. Jackson Anthrop, 48 receptions, five touchdowns. Uh, Payne Durham has 40 receptions, four touchdowns. TJ Sheffield, Sheff, uh, uh, excuse me, 33 receptions and four touchdowns. Yeah, Brock Thompson, who has two touchdowns. So Purdue likes to spread the football out a lot. Uh, it's it's a passing game, and that that's kind of the mo of that offense. And O'Connell does a nice job of spreading the wealth. But it all starts with David Bell, the wide receiver. You go to defense, it's a base 4-3 scheme. It all starts with inside linebacker uh, Jalen, or really Will linebacker Jalen Alexander. Leads the team with 95 tackles. Uh, you go to that up up front, George Carla Fitz. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, anyway, he is a guy that's declaring for the NFL draft. Uncertain about his bowl status, but we'll keep tabs on that. Leads the team with 11.5 TFLs, 5 sacks two fumble recoveries, and eight quarterback hurries. So uh, he has done a really, really nice job. Uh, the other defensive end on the other side is Kadron Jenkins. He has five sacks as well on the season. You go to the secondary, you got Cam Allen at safety, who leads the way with four interceptions. So a really nice defensive unit that allows just 20 points per game, only 342 yards the other way, and has tallied 16 takeaways so far. So Purdue, this is a really, really nice matchup. Purdue is a really good team. I think it's underrated. I understand the frustration of not going to Florida. I understand uh, the kind of just the size, if you will, of going to Nashville. Purdue is not a sexy name, but I think on paper, this has a great opportunity to be a really good football game. Tennis, or It was uh, Purdue that opened up as about a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It's already shifted to Tennessee is the favorite by a point or two in most books uh, right now, so that is worth keeping tabs on. All right, we'll get to your Twitter Tuesday questions here in segment two, but first, it is Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get power to free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data plans at 30 bucks a month per line so you and your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you're going to save and all that knowledge you're going to gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. It's more power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers a coverage not avail everywhere uh, or for the phones of network. See BoostMobile.com for additional details. And it's Prize Picks Guy fan- Daily Fantasy that's made easy. Prize Picks the leader in college sports daily fantasy. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world at the Power Five level and the Group of Fives. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All new users, if you put in the promo code Locked On, 
you're going to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. All you need to do is pick the two to five players, the over and under, the projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's you versus the projected numbers. PricePix also allows mixed sports entries as well, so you can go NBA and NFL in the same night. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, and PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com and use that promo code Locked On, or go to the App Store and download the app today. It's PricePix, daily fantasy made easy. It's your favorite time of the week and mine, Twitter Tuesday edition here on Locked On Vols. Thanks so much for making Locked On Vols your first listen, guys. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it. We'll start off with Tanner, and he wants to know about out-of-conference scheduling. Uh, What are your thoughts on out-of-conference scheduling? Does it hurt more or help an SEC team to schedule a quality opponent? How far out of those schedules uh, are they made and those deals done? Um, It's kind of different. It's, It's really you want a quality opponent because it makes you look better in terms of style points. Whenever you're trying to compete for the college football playoff, it's very much different in terms of like college basketball. Whenever if you're on the bubble and they show quality wins, you know bad losses, stuff like that. I think it weighs more uh, in, in that scenario. But I mean, with football, especially you know if you're on the outside looking in and you're trying to get an at-large bid, you know from a Power Five, you want to have at least one really good quality win out of conference, in my opinion. If you're contending for an SEC championship or an ACC championship or um, well, I guess Big Ten championship and stuff like that. Really, if you win your conference, that's gonna kind of kind of take care of itself. But um, like Notre Dame, obviously doesn't play in a conference. It needs it plays a lot in the SEC. It needs uh, some big time games on its schedule. Um, you know, the obviously Cincinnati and uh, you know it, it played Notre Dame this year and won against Notre Dame, and that was huge. And that's a big reason why um, it's in the college football playoff, the group of fives, and all that. So I would say you need at least one, but. The flip side of that is if you schedule one of these big-time games in the kickoff classic, I mean, it's tough. If, if you lose that game, um, you know, I think Atlanta played – or excuse me, I think Alabama played – was it FSU? Maybe it was Virginia. I want to say it was FSU a couple years ago in Atlanta in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Like, if you were to lose that game, man, you're, you're setting yourself back, right? And so I'm always, I'm always for in the camp of, of doing one big-time out-of-conference game and then the rest kind of making them winnable cupcake games. You need those winnable cupcake games as well. Trust me, you do. Uh, they're, they're bad for the fans, but they're good for the football team. Trust me, it's a chance to create depth, get healthy, and uh, get a much-needed win. Uh, scheduling is done years in advance. I mean, Tennessee's got uh, – Games on the schedule for the 2028 season. I think Tennessee's got one game scheduled for the 2032 season. So it just kind of depends. A lot of times it's done years in advance, years, years in advance. Other times it's set up just a couple years in advance. So it uh, really just kind of depends. All right, we'll move on to Braden. Braden wants to know, in the event that Walter Nolan somehow flips to Tennessee, would you say he's a day one starter on the defensive line due to what we're losing? Um, I would say no. Walter Nolan has got a long ways to go. I think he's got a lot of potential. I think Walter has physical tools that uh, you're just kind of gifted with, hands, motor, strength, um, just stuff like that. But it's it's going to be, and this is my personal opinion, I think Walter's a good player. But just like with any incoming freshman, I think that there's going to be a wake-up call there. And I think uh, getting into a strength and conditioning program, I think it's going to be a little shocking for him. Um, but that doesn't mean he can't do it, right? And so I think Walter Nolan's a guy that can maybe contribute a little bit. But as far as being a starter day one in an SEC program, whether it be A&M or Tennessee, I'm not seeing that happening. I think that he's going to have to work his way up 
uh, and kind of earn those reps, uh, you know, from day one. Uh, Kay Wayne, 1800, wants to know, have you heard anything on players Tennessee is pursuing in the transfer portal? Now, I mean, this is going to change by the day. Tennessee support staff, every support staff of every big-time program um, is constantly evaluating the names that are in the portal, and I'm sure that Tennessee is pursuing some other ones that I'll know about, but I'll give you one for sure that kind of emerged uh, earlier this week. Um, Jared Verse, he is from Albany University. Of course, that is FCS, all right? He's got three years of the next level. He was uh, second-team all-conference this year. Uh, he was rookie of the year in his conference. He is a defensive end weighing about six foot four, 250. He tallied 10 TFLs. He had, um, let's see here, I want to say his sack total was was high up there. Let's see here. Um, he had 52 tackles, 11.5 TFLs, 9.5 sacks this fall. Uh, he's gotten a lot of attention from a lot of schools at the FBS level, really from west to east coast. He took a visit to uh, Syracuse over the weekend. Tennessee went to visit him uh, with Rodney Garner, I believe it was Sunday night. So um, he's wanting to evaluate. He's wanting to take a couple more visits. He's wanting to make a decision sometime before Christmas so that he can be at his new school uh, in January for the spring semester. But one name to keep an eye on, defensive end from the FCS level at Albany University. Uh, his name is Jared Verse. And, of course, there's going to be tons and tons of more that um, you know, will be, you know, Tennessee will be involved in. And of course this is ever evolving too. I mean, you know, Tennessee will likely get some more guys after spring practice as well, just like you saw uh, this 2021 team kind of come to fruition. All right. We will go to always the Volen. Love it. Uh, he asked, and I believe, let's see here. He wants to know uh, about checkering Neyland stadium. Uh, do you think we can do it? What bi how big of a deal would it be for the players, staff, and recruits to go to a neutral site bowl game and layer it with orange and white like this? I think it'd be huge. I mean, you go to you go to uh, Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Of course, that is that is in the home state. There's going to be Tennessee fans all around. It's a big time priority spot in the state in Middle Tennessee. There are so many great players there. You're going to have fans from Memphis coming over. Um, instead of maybe going all the way to Knoxville, of course, they could stop in Nashville and watch this game. So I think it'd be huge if you. Um, if you organize this in terms of making an orange-white checker Nissan Stadium for the bowl game, I think it's in a loud message that the fan base is here, the fan base is is ready to roll. I think there are other ways to do it too, but I mean, I, I know a lot of people don't like checker Nealon a lot. I've never had an issue with that. I like checker Nealon. I think it looks really, really good. I know Tennessee technically loses a lot whenever there's a checker game, but I have no issue with it. So I think it'd send a loud statement in terms of uh, from – uh, the recruits. All right, let's go to the Twitter mentions and we'll go to uh, David. And David wants to know, does all these coaching changes help recruiting this year or next in the portal on the field next year? Um, to keep it short, you know, coaching changes, I think always helps because you got recruits uh, that committed to the coach that got fired and they sometimes give the coach, the new coach a chance Sometimes they don't. C.J. Smith is a wide receiver that's been a Florida Gator commit for a while. He was in town on an official visit with Tennessee over the weekend. He said he loved his time. He said he's taking a bunch more visits you know, between now and uh, the early signing period, but says he's going back to Florida next weekend to give – uh, you know, Billy Napier a chance, and if he likes the the impression I got was if he if Billy Napier checks out, then you know he's probably Florida bound. I mean, Demario Tolan is giving uh, Brian Kelly a chance. You know, those LSU commits are all going to go in this upcoming weekend to give you know Brian Kelly a chance, but not all those guys will like 
the new coach, and sometimes the coach will quote-unquote process some of these old commits. So it just kind of depends. I know Tennessee is going after a lot of these committed prospects that um, you know are, are around SEC schools like like Demario Tolan, like like C.J. Smith, and others around the country. So we could see it does help. Jeffrey Umbaugh, who is uh, one of the best junior college prospects in the entire country, you know, has Tennessee and Oregon among some other schools in this final. He was in town over the, uh, for an official visit this past weekend, and you got to think that with Mario Cristobal leaving Oregon, that kind of helps Tennessee's chances. So. Um, I would say that it does help in that regard. As far as the transfer portal, of course, you know players will hit the portal whenever their coach leaves or gets fired or whatever, and uh, I think Tennessee is an appealing place offensively. So we will have to see exactly how Tennessee attacks all of that, but I would say that all those kind of play uh, a factor into helping the Volunteers in one way or another. All right, we got one more, and we will go to our good buddy Ernie. Ernie wants to know, the status of Squirrel White and seconds, uh, Walter Nolan, how did it go with the official? Do you think Rodney Gardner can uh, flip him? His coaching uh, kind of speaks for itself with defensive linemen. Uh, I'll, I'll stay consistent with Walter Nolan. I will, you know, when the ink is dry on that fax, you know, I'll believe where he's going. It's, you know, it's some people are saying that uh, he might not even sign in December at this point in time. So it'll be interesting to see what he wants to do. I think he's still solid on, on Texas A&M, but I do think the door is cracked for Tennessee. Um haven't gotten a whole lot back about uh, Walter's official visit to Tennessee other than you know he played for a state championship and won a state cha- championship on Friday. It was a late night. He got to Tennessee you know, early the next day. It's It's been a long weekend for him, so I'll work to get more info on that. I, I still think that Tennessee's a long way away here, but you guys know that process, a lot of loops, twists, and turns, and so we'll keep you updated on that. A squirrel wide has been, you know, said as, as he's been talking to multiple outlets that, you know, hey, Tennessee, you're still committed to Tennessee, still a fan of Tennessee. Uh, but Georgia is coming. I think if there's a spot there and, and he's to take at Georgia, I think that'll be very interesting. So I think that's one that Tennessee's going to have to fight for up until uh, the early signing period. But I think Tennessee's okay right now, to my knowledge. Uh, but that's one that you're going to try to have to hold off Georgia for sure. Um, absolutely, with, with with Squirrel White. All right, guys, appreciate you uh, asking me your questions on Twitter Tuesday. Really appreciate you diving in. It's one of my favorite times each and every week, that being Twitter Tuesday, whenever I get to hear from uh, you guys. We will check in with a new Tennessee football commit in segment number three. I'll give you all the details on him. But like I was saying in the open, it's, it's Omaha Steaks, all right? What is a holiday memory that you have with Omaha Steaks? If you don't have one, why don't you make one? The holidays are right around the corner, and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter college in the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For only $99.99, you're going to get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon rat filet mignons or the chicken breast, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the code COLLEGE, you're also going to get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers for free with your order. We've all heard the reports about the shortages and shipping delays, so you don't need to wait. I'm going to order mine as soon as I get done recording this podcast. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code COLLEGE. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, 100% guaranteed. And again, one more time, omahasteaks.com, keyword college, and you're going to get free eight five-ounce Omaha Steak burgers to go along with the other 24 entrees for 
five-ounce bacon wrap filet mignons, four boneless chicken breasts and a pound apiece, four or five-ounce Omaha steak burgers, four three-ounce gourmet jumbo franks, four 3.8-ounce individual scalloped potatoes, four four-ounce caramel apple tartlets, and one 3.1-ounce signature seasoning. And again with college, free eight five-ounce Omaha Steak Burgers. That is omahasteaks.com, keyword college. Let's win this contest and make Locked On Balls number one. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. One more segment left here on this Tuesday show. Thanks so much for making Locked On Balls your first listen each and every day. All right, Tennessee recruiting. It is heating up. The volunteers have rolled in commit number... I guess it's four in the span of two weeks. Yeah, two weeks so far. And uh, really since after that long layoff uh, dating back to early um, August. Tennessee now has 17 commits for the class of 2022. And it was on his birthday, his 22nd birthday, when junior college standout Desmond Williams announced his commitment to the University of Tennessee. That happened uh, last year. Or last night, really uh, Monday evening. He's a cornerback, and he's the second cornerback to join Tennessee's cycle for the 2022 class, that first one being from uh, the prep level, Christian Harrison. Uh, you got Desmond Williams. He stands in at five foot eleven, a buck ninety. Um, he is he was a three-year standout at East Central Community College. He had that additional COVID year, uh, so he took that and made that to his advantage. Uh, Josh Heupel, Mike Eckler, and Willie Martinez, they all visited him on campus in person last week. Uh, Williams solidified his decision with an official visit to Knoxville uh, this past weekend, and the Volunteers beat out Mississippi State for Williams, who will have two years of eligibility uh, here at the next level. Let me read you what his defensive coordinator at East Central Community College had to say about Desmond Williams. He's one of the best humans you can meet. That's for starters. He came from Mary Persons High School in Georgia. He had one junior college offer out of high school. That was it. He loves to practice, and he is dependable. That's what he brings to the table. He's going to lead by example. He's always going to be there early. He loves the game. He loves to practice, and he just keeps getting better. He's a great athlete. He can play. Uh, he can press corner. He played some safety in high school. He ran a kickoff back for a touchdown in what I believe was his first kick return he ever did here. Uh, his first punt return of the year, he runs back for a touchdown. He leads the nation with seven interceptions. He's a physical tackler, and he can ma- he can play man, and he can play zone. Uh, their program, meaning Tennessee, has gotten a whole lot better. That was Mickey Mays, the defensive coordinator for East Central Community College, also the recruiting uh, coordinator. So uh, when you look at film, Williams, he is, he is all around the football, okay? Uh, he plays mostly off, but can press when needed, just like his coach said. He's fast enough. Uh, to run with those slot receivers when coming downhill to making the play on a screen and everything at the line of scrimmage. He's an athlete, high points the football. Um, He had seven interceptions this past fall. That led the nation uh, in its particular category. And uh, he changes directions very, very well. 
Uh, he plays well in zone and um, is able to make up ground, closing those gaps in in a hurry. Um, also, he's a great special teams player. His coach mentioned in the quote that I just read, uh, he returns kicks, he returns punts. He blocked four field goals this year in the junior college ranks. That's uh, really, really good. He gives great effort on punt return. So I, I think that he's a guy that can – you know, make an immediate impact at on special teams at the very least. But you know what he does? He's a bigger guy, or he is an older guy rather. He is farther developed than most. You know, coming out of high school right now. So with Tennessee uh, lacking two at the quarterback spot, Alante Taylor going to the NFL draft, Kenneth George Jr. exhausting all of his eligibility. I think he can come in right now and compete with the likes of Warren Burrell, uh, with Kamal Haddon with um, uh, Deshaun Rucker for snaps at the quarterback spot. Okay, Christian Harrison will be in that grouping as well, but he's a brand-new freshman. Um, he's a ball hawker, and uh, if that can translate over to the next level, then there's going to be a spot for Williams uh, for sure. Um, and Tennessee also keep in mind, because of his ability to return punts and kicks, you know, Bayless Jones Jr. is no longer on the team, or you know, won't be on the team in 2022, right? So... I think Desmond Williams will have immediate consideration to take over uh, for one of those roles, if not both. And I, I do believe at the very least he'll find a role on special teams here in this year. He's going to sign with Tennessee uh, next Wednesday in the early signing period. He's going to enroll in January. Again, he's the second cornerback committed of the class along with Christian Harrison, the third defensive back uh, of this class along with Jordan Thomas who committed uh, over the weekend, and uh, Tennessee is still recruiting junior college defensive backs Keontae Scott, Marquise Gilbert, as well as defensive backs in the high school ranks. Michigan commit Cody Jones, who's a Tennessee uh, native, uh, Maury Jackson, who is a Boston College commit, and Jeremiah Caldwell, uh, who is a Michigan native. So uh, that's a little bit about Desmond Williams. Again, commit number 17 for the class of 2022. That is now the seventh defensive commit. And Tennessee's class is starting to round into shave. Of course, it wants another running back. It will likely sign another running back. Uh, Justin Williams will be the primary guy there, uh, the former West Virginia commit. Uh, Tennessee wants another wide receiver. Caleb Webb, who's been a longtime target of Tennessee, a longtime commit to East Carolina. He decommitted on Sunday following his official visit to Tennessee. So some things are starting to heat up there. Of course, Tennessee very much likes Jeffrey Umbaugh, who I mentioned from Hutchinson Community College. Uh, Tennessee, Oregon, Auburn are players in that one. Um, so Tennessee's very much in it with a number of prospects. Um, still a little work to go, just a little over a week before the early signing period, and there's going to be a lot of movement here. Uh, Darren Agu, who is a Clark Lee commit at Notre Dame, now at Vanderbilt, an edge presence. He was on campus this past weekend, Tennessee, very much in him. Of course, James Pierce, pass rusher from Charlotte, North Carolina, still very much a high priority. So a little ways to go. Tennessee won't get all of these guys, but a little ways to go. Uh, but you're seeing this class really start to come together and the numbers are start to, starting to back Tennessee. So uh, Desmond Williams, Tennessee's latest commit, commit number 17 on the class, seventh on the defensive side, th third in the defensive backfield, and second at the cornerback position. That is Tennessee's latest commit, Desmond Williams. All right, fun show. We talked a little Purdue at the top of the show, we did Twitter Tuesday in segment two, and we told you all about Tennessee's newest commit here in segment three. Thanks so much for making Locked On Balls your first listen. Let's check out Locked On Bets. Your handicapping expert, Lee Sterling, as well as your boy Q. Make Locked On Bets your second listen each and every day right behind Locked On Balls, which we know is your number one listen. Tomorrow on the show, we'll catch up with Josh Ward for Ward Wednesday, and we will discuss 
uh, a whole lot more. Tennessee's uh, game against Tennessee Tech in New York. We'll go over that. A whole lot more coming up on a Wednesday show. Guys, thanks so much. We'll do it again tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members of FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer.